Welcome to Brightcast. Thank you for downloading. My name is Katie Carty-Hiley of RainbowBright.net. And my name is Renee Stowe of RainbowBright.co.uk. Thank you for tuning in again to the Rainbow Bright podcast. So this episode is kind of special because this marks the one year that Katie and I have been doing the Rainbow Bright podcast. Yay! Happy birthday to us! Yes. <laughs> Which you will have noticed the nice little happy birthday music that we introed with. Indeed. We figured we would do a birthday-themed episode in honor of our anniversary. And just to highlight a few of the birthday-themed products that were put out in the 80s. But before we get to that, let's start with any sort of news recap that we have to inform you guys of. First, we have the Rainbow Bright PJ set. It was a pajama set that showed up in around December. Uh, Yes, a fan let me know about that in December. But unfortunately, it's not being sold in the U.S. It's in Penny's or Primark stores over in Europe. And they actually exist in the U.K., the Netherlands... Ireland, Spain, Belgium, France, Portugal, Germany, and Austria. So anybody who lives in those countries, yay for you. You can go get these awesome pajamas. <laughs> but nobody else can because they are not available online, sadly. But they're super cute. It's gray pants with stars and Rainbow Bright's face on it. And then the shirt says, hanging with the homies. <laughs> and it's rainbow and... <laughs> Starlight and Twink. Those PJs are so much cuter than the ones that we actually did get in 2005. Agreed. 2005, 2006, they actually released a pair of rainbow bright pajamas, but it was just like this faded green with a rainbow bright print. Yeah. Yeah. They were not attractive. Need more color. Mm. Agreed. The next thing we wanted to let you guys know about was the rainbow bright t-shirts, which have showed up in Mexico. Yeah, again, not in the U.S., but they are in Walmart stores in Mexico and I believe other countries in South America. So yay for you guys. Boo for us. Maybe they'll show up here eventually. But they've got four different designs and they're four different colors. There's purple, pink, blue and red. And it's really, really cute artwork on the front of these. I don't believe it's any new artwork necessarily. It's just a new conglomeration of artwork we've already seen, but they are really, really cute. They are girls sizes. So most adults won't be able to fit into them anyway, sadly, but the, the large size I believe is supposed to go up to like a 16 year old teenager. So I'm adult. I, I have been lucky though. Um, a fan from Mexico contacted me and she's going to get me a set of the shirts. So I'll let you guys know if they fit me once I get them and hopefully we can find some other willing fans to put them on eBay or something so fans in the rest of the world can get our hands on some. I don't think that you'll have much problem. You're very tiny. Usually with shirts, I'm okay. Pants, no. I can't wear little kids' pants. <laughs> but shirts, I can I can usually fit into like the largest size available. It may, may, may not be super comfortable, but I can at least get it on for a picture or something. <laughs> uh, but the one thing that is really cool about shirts, especially if you can get them cheap, which is something that I saw online. I think I can't remember if it was Pinterest or whatever, but it was making a blanket out of t-shirt prints. And I think that would be really cool. cool and someone should do that, especially with rainbow bright prints. Cause I think they're awesome. One of the other things we wanted to mention is um, Katie of rainbowbright.net was actually all over the news this past month because of her rainbow bright museum. Yay. 
I was. Oddly enough, the lady who interviewed me for the original article is a longtime Rainbow Bright fan. She's been a part of the mailing list from the early days. So she's been in the fandom for years and we've just kept in touch all these years. So I've, we're friends on Facebook, etc. And she just sent me a message and said, hey, I've seen the pictures of your museum. I'd love to do a write-up about it. Would that be cool with you? And I'm like, absolutely. <laughs> so yeah, we took took some new pictures because um, I had updated it recently with a few new items. And yeah, I just answered some questions for, for her article. And then it kind of blew up from there. I was not expecting it to get that much attention. And all of a sudden it was showing up on BuzzFeed and Curbed. And there were several other websites that picked it up and did their own version of the story. Thankfully, most of them got the facts right. <laughs> Some of them invented a few. <laughs> but for the most part, they're, they're all accurate. Let, let's clear up a few misnomers about some of these. First of all, yes, Katie has two cats. Yes, she is married. <laughs> <laughs> and no, these pictures are not of our entire house. Some people assumed that... Yeah, this is our whole house. Apparently, we don't need a kitchen or a bathroom. We, we just live in the museum, and that's our bed. I'm like, no, really. Me and my husband do not sleep in the bed covered in rainbow bright linens. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, it's it's just part of the upstairs. There are other rooms to the house. It's it's a normal house. She has um, <laughs> with her cats and dog wanting to play on those sheets. Do you think that she's going to sleep in them? <laughs> right. <laughs> And yes, the, the cats and the dog love the museum as well, especially it gets a lot of sunlight. So they love to, to lay in the sunspots uh, during those times of the day. And one thing I did not mention, and I don't think we've talked about on the podcast, or maybe we have, um, as far as the collection rooms go, because it gets a lot of sun, I was worried about sun damage. And I put some UV screening, what do you call it? Like a UV screen film on all of the windows that blocks out like 99% of UV rays. So the items shouldn't be damaged by the sun over the years. Time will tell, but they shouldn't be. But you, the UV film for your windows is a great tip. I'm sure your other fans will definitely appreciate uh, knowing about that. It's really awesome. It's a film. It looks like kind of plastic with some paper and it has a spray and you can put it on your window panes and it keeps a lot of the light out. Um, you can use that not just for your collection rooms, but even your house in general to keep your furniture from fading. Yeah, some of them are actually tinted so they can darken a room if you want. I got the clear version because I wanted all of the sunlight, just wanted the harmful rays blocked out. But yeah, there's a lot of different options out there. I was glad. I think that was something you told me about originally. So I'm really glad you did. But the, the Rainbow Museum... I'm not going to say the Rainbow Museum is open to the public because that's what a lot of people are also getting about that article. It, I guess technically I would say it is because as long as they contact me first and don't just show up on my doorstep, then yeah, I'm happy to show it to anybody. I just need some warning. But yeah, I don't think anybody is going to just knock on my door and be like, hey, saw you online. Oh, come into your house. <laughs> Um, but I have had a, a couple of people, actually. Um, sim one's local, and I think one was maybe a state or two away um, that said they would like to come by. I just said, yeah, give me notice. I'll be happy to show you around. So hopefully I will be doing some tours soon. I'm actually having some friends over next week that have not seen it yet. So that's going to be exciting. They're not necessarily big Rainbow Bright fans, 
but they did live through the 80s, so they know of Rainbow Bright, and they're just excited to see uh, the, the whole setup and get a feel for it. So hopefully some of them will be transported back to yesteryear and remember some of their own Rainbow Bright love from when they were kids. Now, one thing the article also mentioned was that you've been collecting these for 20 years. Would you say that's accurate? That is, because I started when I was 15, and I'm going to be 35 this year. Oh, God, actually, it's more than that. It's 20. Wait, is that what you just said? 20 years. Just say 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Sorry, my brain flipped for a second, and I thought you said 15. But yeah, that, that is actually accurate. I mean, it was slower in the beginning. In the beginning, it was mm-hmm. more just whatever I found at thrift stores. And then on into the late 90s, early 2000s, that's when eBay was really picking up. And I started just collecting any little thing I could get here and there that I had the money for because I didn't have a lot at the time. And as I've gotten older and had a little more disposable income for such things, I've just kept adding to it steadily. I'm not buying huge lots every month. You know, I'll go several months without getting anything and then I might buy four or five things at a time. Um, I used to check eBay on like a daily basis, but it got frustrating after a point because there were so many things I wanted but couldn't get at the time. So I was like, okay, let's just not frustrate myself further. I'll just look at it every once in a while. Um, So these days it's more of a, oh, I'm in the mood. Let's see what's out there and I'll pick up something that that I don't already have. (laughs) <laughs> Something else to add is uh, I previously we mentioned in a previous podcast it was the movie special that we wanted to give away a Rainbow Bright comic book, but we never said who that winner is. So for this episode, we're going to go ahead and announce it. You will also find it posted on the Brightcast Facebook page. So the winner is... Drumroll! Mika York! Yay! Congratulations! You have won the Rainbow Bright and the Star Stealer comic book. Thanks for being a fan! All right, so just uh, get in contact with uh, us through the Brightcast message. Just go to the Brightcast Facebook page, click on message, and send us a message with your contact info, and I'll get that comic book out to you. Woohoo! All right, so let's get into the nitty-gritty. This episode is Rainbow Bright birthday specials here in the United States. We had two very special birthday items, other than the usual stuff, which is cake. <laughs> for Rainbow Bright they entered the It's Your Birthday Party with Rainbow Bright and Friends and they also released a Happy Birthday Buddy Blue book both in regular book form and audiobook first one we're going to be going over is the Rainbow Bright and It's Your Birthday Party with Rainbow Bright and Friends videotape special and uh, color booklet but we'll go over that in a second <laughs> <laughs> the Rainbow Bright. Everything else starts with the Rainbow Bright, not this one. This one. I know. It's your. I just keep birthday. calling it birthday special because it's the title is way too long and ridiculous. <laughs> with the birthday special, it was released October sixteenth, nineteen eighty five, on videotape, and you had the option of buying the tape and a special. It's your birthday party with Rainbow Bright and friends booklet. The booklet activity book to use with your video cassette was a dollar forty nine, and it was a little booklet where you could go through the activities on the tape along with it in the book. And the book itself is a lot of art from the Happy Birthday Buddy Blue book, so this makes this even more fun. Oh, I forgot to look through my booklet before this podcast. <laughs> Oops. 
I just thought it was a coloring book. I forgot it actually had things that had to do with the video in it. Mm -hmm. My bad. Well, one of them that mentions at the very beginning of the tape is the Rainbow Bright Badge, uh, which are just Rainbow Bright logos that you could color and uh, cut out uh, for your party members. And it's what Rainbow Bright uses in the special to keep away murky. Oh, I thought it was an actual patch. Was it not a patch? Well, in the in the video, it showed a patch, but in the book, it's in the back of the book. It's the color and cut your birthday party badges and their little cutouts. Oh, I guess I always assumed it just came with a badge. I don't know why. Have we ever seen like a mint in package booklet with videotape set? No. Like, did and, it come that way? Uh, actually, the rainbow bright birthday display and it was a slot for the books and a slot for the cassette tapes oh okay so they did come separately Mm -hmm. that's adorable (laughs) but which made it really sad is if you had the tape and you didn't have the book you felt like you were missing out on half the fun (laughs) now did you actually have the tape as a child no i rented it from a tape store uh no no I i did not have the birthday special it was the zoo special that i rented from the tape store but no i did not see this till i was older same here i did not know this existed when i was a child so i don't have the nostalgic link to it that some of the fans do i know some have commented on your youtube videos of the special saying that they watched it at one of their birthday parties it was a huge thing then they rewatched it two thousand times until their tape broke because they loved it so much but watching it as an adult it's not as special (laughs) yes i have to say that the video itself the birthday special went somewhat viral when i first uh posted it because it ended up on a popular comic book blog where they were making fun of the mass marketing to kids in the 80s oh i got slammed (laughs) with so much spam that day (laughs) oh my goodness Yeah, it it, it kind of was a little bit of give us your money for something else. But at the same time, it's kind of a cheap way to do a birthday party because you're not renting a, you know, a clown to come out or an adult in a costume to come out and entertain your kids. You just pop in this videotape and the kids get it to interact with it. And it was a good, how long was it? Was it about an hour? Yes. Or 45 minutes? It was about an hour long because it included the special Peril in the Pits, which I thought was very much fun. When I was five years old, I wanted a Rainbow Bright birthday. So we actually arranged my birthday to be around watching Peril in the Pits on television, which totally made me wish I had this tape as a kid because I totally would have put my birthday party on. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Yeah, it was a really cute idea, and I don't know of any other properties that had birthday videos like this. Do you? No, uh, but this was actually done by a different company. You'll notice that it had Peril in the Pits in it, but it was produced by Viacom, which the other tapes were not. They were produced by Deke. Okay, and I think you have an explanation as to why they have Bettina's voice for the dialogue in the special, but not the singing. Why was that again? I asked Bettina if she did the specials. And she said she, of course, she voiced the character. But the production company that did the live action tapes, both the birthday and the zoo, did not know she could sing. So they recorded the songs without her. That is a tragedy. (laughs) I mean, nothing against the lady who got the part and did the singing. She did a good job. 
but it just didn't sound like Rainbow Bright to me. It sounded more like an adult singing, whereas Bettina, at such a young age, had such an amazing voice. It's just, it's sad that that didn't get used to its full potential. I mean, luckily we had it in the uh, the audio tapes and records, you know, the music and so forth. Yeah. But it would have been really cool to have her singing in this special, too. Mm-hmm. But the kids who sang did a really good job, too. Uh, there were the four children that played, you know, Rainbow Bright's friends in the special. But then there were also other kids that did voiceover singing that was added in later. So we never saw those kids, but... You can tell that it's more than four children singing Mm -hmm. during the musical numbers. And they all did a really great job with that. And I've got an interesting story about one of those children, if you want me to go into that. Of course. Yes, go ahead and go into it. Okay. Katie of RainbowBright.net has interviewed a cast member from the Rainbow Bright birthday special. I did. It was it was really fun. I, I rewatched the special yesterday because I knew we were going to be covering it today. And I had not seen it in probably 10 years. You know, I, I, I watched it when I first got the videotape for my collection and promptly said, I don't know if I want to see this again. <laughs> <laughs> um, just at the time, it, it wasn't something I was really into. And like I said, I didn't have that nostalgic link. But watching it again yesterday, yeah, there's still some stuff about it that's cheesy to me as an adult. But it's kind of kitschy and it, it gets under your skin a little bit. It's it's kind of cool. Some of the music especially got stuck in my head. Uh, I couldn't stop singing Hooray Hooray. It's a very special day. And it got me just thinking about all that went into it. The actors, the singing, the production, all of it. And I, I just got really interested. So I was like, hey, I'm going to try to look up some of the people who were involved in this, see if I can find anybody kind of last minute and get some background on, on the special. And I struck gold. I found Nicholas Schoenbeck, who played Michael. He was the kid that juggled in the green shirt. And I was really impressed with his juggling, actually, uh, when I was watching this special. I've learned to juggle before when I was younger, and it's not an easy thing to do. And this kid was doing it like it was no big deal. And he was juggling several different items and did it many times throughout the special. And I was like, whoa, that kid's talented. Wonder how he got that job. So <laughs> now we know. <laughs> so basically, when Nick was eight years old, his father decided to start a circus. They lived in New York, uh, New York State, not city. And the circus was called Friendly Brothers Circus. It was a one ring show and it toured around New York, Pennsylvania and Vermont for about six years. But for it being a one-ring show, they actually had some very famous circus folk involved in it. And one of those performers was Lottie Brunn, who is a German woman. Um, Interestingly enough, she had actually juggled for the Nazis and was titled the greatest female juggler on Earth. So she was already in her, I believe, 50s or 60s by this point uh, when they did the circus, but still a very talented juggler. She's so famous, actually. Her costumes are like in museums. Uh, And if you Google her, you can see some video online of some of her performances. And she was amazing. Like when you're watching it, you think they're sped up because she's doing it so fast and so perfectly. But they're not sped up at all. She was just that talented. And Nick was her last student. So how cool is that, that he learned to juggle from someone as talented as Lottie? So that's yeah how he got his juggling skills that we saw in the birthday special. And also in his father's circus was Nikki Swarthout. I probably am not saying that right, but it's it's something along those lines. She was part of a two-woman acrobatic team with Karen Gersh. And Nikki is who we see in the birthday special in the Rainbow Bright costume. 
So she landed the job first, and then she told Nick that they were looking for a juggler. And since he had his own act at that point, he brought all of his equipment to New York City to audition for it and got the role. So after he received the role, he said there were a couple of days dedicated to learning the lines and the blocking and the songs. And he actually still remembers all of the lyrics to those songs to this day, (laughs) to his credit. Uh, And then the actual filming took about two to four days to get it all down pat. And he actually stayed with Nikki in New York City during the filming uh, since they were friends. And he had he has a, f- a funny memory during that time. Apparently, the Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club was across the street from her residence. And on one day while he was there, the cops busted them. <laughs> apparently, oh wow, so that's something that obviously stuck in his mind as a, a young child during the filming of the Rainbow Bright birthday special. So I asked him, you know, what are some of his other memories uh, from the production and what he's up to these days. So I've got a quote from him that I'll read to you about what um, his memories were and so forth. He says, all my memories were good ones from that whole experience because it was a lot of fun. The costumes were cool for Rainbow Bright, Twink and the bad guys. And Rainbow Bright's head was remotely controlled off screen. I was paid $400 for the gig. And I remember the movie stayed on the top 10 children's movies list for a long time. uh, But I never did another movie. These days, I'm a sober writer doing small jobs to pay the bills like RPG resource guides for fantasy worlds. It allows me to live a simple life while working on my own writing to publish. I'm also an active activist. Uh, My old man is still alive, and I have a daughter of my own that's 20. She'll be 21 in April, and she's currently in Portland, Oregon. I still have the old VHS tape I received from the movie people, and I plan to transfer it to DVDs so when Sage, my little girl, has kids, we can show it to them as well. Uh, and another interesting fact about Nick, he has a huge tattoo on his back that is a graphic from the movie The Dark Crystal. I thought that was just so cool. <laughs> so he's a total geek. He's into RPGs. He's into the Dark Crystal. He was in a Rainbow Bright special back in the 80s. He was in the circus. You know, this is a really cool guy. And he was so friendly and willing to you know, share his memories and was just excited that someone still cared about it you know, this many years later. So big thanks to Nick uh, for taking the time to be interviewed for this podcast. You're awesome. Yay. Yay. <laughs> I don't think he juggles much these days, but I'm I'm sure he could pick it up again if he tried. <laughs> It'd be like riding a bike, you know, once you start doing it again, it all comes back. I thought it was really fascinating that Rainbow Bright's head was actually controlled off screen. Like, I'm sure he's talking about the mouth that moved, you know, when she talked. But I always wondered how that worked. Like, I, I figured the person inside the costume was like moving their mouth and there was some contraption that would move the head's mouth at the same time. That actually makes a lot more sense when talking about the Thanksgiving special where you look at the screen and you can see the rainbow bright mouth moving and we couldn't figure out how it was doing that because she was dancing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, how on earth? But yeah, actually remote control. That is so cool. (laughs) And I wonder what ended up happening to those costumes because I think you and I both have seen a couple of the similar costumes that were used for production I mean, not production. That were used in other things. Yeah, like... Photo ops and so forth. Yeah, I've seen it on dance um, performers in Australia have a costume. Awesome. Uh, a couple of the store greeting costumes uh, ended up on eBay. Uh, I actually got... That's what I'm thinking. 
recently I got a hold of the actual event catalog, which included an advertisement for the Rainbow Bright costumed characters, Rainbow Bright and Twink. It didn't mention anything about the heads being robotic. Because uh, I'm thinking that would be something, because they would they would have had to stage it to talk, and I don't think that they would have done that. Yeah, that I agree. It was probably two different types of costume. So now that makes me wonder if there was only one that was robotic, so to speak, um, that they used for this, the zoo special, and then the Thanksgiving parade. And then there might have been multiple versions of the other. The costumes themselves were designed by a company in California. Uh, For the zoo special and the birthday special, the costumed characters were done by Shafton Inc., which is a mascot costume company, and they are still around. Really? Yes. That's so cool. I've tried contacting them in the past to try to get some more information about the costumes. No one's ever replied. So. Aww. I wonder if they would still have like the pattern, so to speak, or the schematics so they could make another one. <laughs> that would be really fun. Totally. <laughs> I would have been all over that. Right? And I believe it was the same Twink, Lurky, and Murky costumes that were used in the zoo special, right? They looked the same, yes. Uh, so I, okay. I, I'm That's thinking cool. the birthday special came out first. The zoo special actually came out second because it was came out in 86, 87. And the the birthday special uh, came out in 1985, October uh, 1985, which would explain why I didn't have for my fifth birthday, because my fifth birthday was April of 85. (laughs) Ah. (laughs) And it would have just come out before mine, since it's October 27th. So yeah, my parents probably had no idea it even existed in time. Sadness. Sad face. (laughs) But I always had fun birthday parties as a kid, so... (laughs) It's all good. Another thing I wondered, apart from the costumes, the backdrops were really well done. Mm -hmm. There were the sprite houses and the color castle and the rainbow. And I'm sure they just got tossed in the dumpster. But my my childhood brain likes to believe they still exist somewhere. (laughs) I really want them badly. But how cool that... I wonder who the artist was that created those because they looked really well done. Um, Like they were straight out of the cartoon. Kind of reminds me of everyone keeps on trying to find the yellow brick road from when they did the Wizard of Oz. It's like we're forever going to be trying to Mm -hmm. find the Rainbow Bright sets. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Total want. It's like when I find my time machine at some point in the future, I'm going to go back to (laughs) when this was done. And once they're done, I'll just sneak off with it when they're not looking. Well, in the Rainbow Bright birthday special, it starts off with the kids and they start singing the happy birthday song, which is actually somewhat catchy. Yeah. It is 80s delicious. (laughs) That synthetic (laughs) music is just awesome. Totally. Then the characters all come out and sing. It's like they're doing a birthday party to whoever's watching, which I'm sitting here going, if you were to do something like this, I would want the whole room to look like this backdrop it is awesome yes that'd be a fun thing to do for a kid now like if they were young enough that they weren't jaded by you know the newfangled animation and blu-ray quality <laughs> they could set them down in front of a vhs copy of something and then not turn their, no- their nose up at it but if it, you know there's several children in this generation that are getting rainbow bright passed down to them by their parents of our generation so if there was one that was a big enough fan 
that might be cool. Like set up a room with some rainbow bright dolls in it and some rainbow pillows or <laughs> something, some kind of backdrop and have them watch the video. But then I would want them to tape the experience like from the side so we could enjoy it after the fact. Watch the kids' reactions and watch them march around the room. <laughs> I love that in the rainbow that they have in the back, they actually have little lights in it. So it's like a rainbow is sparkling. Yes. And this rainbow bright has red underwear. <laughs> yes. I love her little bloomers. <laughs> and I like the special effects they did, you know, with the glitter or the confetti when she would throw it at Murky and Lurky and make them disappear. <laughs> so, yeah, a little bit cheesy to an adult, but to a kid, that was cool. <laughs> the birthday special had its own plot. Uh, in addition to having a birthday party for whoever was giving the party, the side note was, is that Murky and Lurky are trying to ruin said birthday party. Of course. Now, was there anything specifically from the tape that uh, you thought was interesting? Well, one of the things, as far as the plot goes, that I thought was cute was it seems the reason Murky wanted to ruin the birthday party was because nobody ever throws him a birthday party. So it's very much like the new or newish Christmas book, uh, Rainbow Bright Saves Christmas from the 2000s. Same kind of thing. Murky hates Christmas because nobody ever gives him presents. So he hates birthdays because nobody ever gives him a party. So it's, <laughs> it's kind of cute in that selfish, childish kind of way. So now I really want somebody to give him a proper birthday party so he'll stop hating on them. (laughs) And I liked his, I forget what he called it, but the contraption he came up with to turn everything gray. His little gun with the springs on it that kept making the (laughs) boing-oing sound. Yes. (laughs) That was adorable. And, you know, cute that they turned the film black and white to say, oh, he turned every, he got rid of the color and the, wherever they were, on the video, but... Did he take out the color at your house? No, we stopped him. <laughs> <laughs> look around you. Look at all the color and everything. I love that line. That was really cute. I do like the fact that this is the epi- uh, the one other episode that we saw where she used the prism ball. But to see a live yes. action prism ball was somewhat disappointing. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to that? Mm-hmm. We need props, people. Come on. <laughs> Maybe Nikki still has the prison ball. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> Which to look at it, though, it just looks like a um, a ball, like the light fixture and the inside's covered with foil. <laughs> yeah. That's what it looks <laughs> like. <laughs> <laughs> they made do with what they had. It was probably a lowish budget production, but... I think it overall is a well-done production. In the video, they tried to play games with you. um, And you could actually play along in your uh, activity book, which the activity book was a lot of fun. um, Just looking through it. Again, the pictures are mostly the ones from the Happy Birthday Buddy Blue um, storybook, but without the color. So you get to color them yourself, which is awesome. But there was this, there's a sound game that they played on the video where you oh, yeah. identify what noises were, which, again, it also brings up a generation gap. A lot of the kids today wouldn't know that that one sound was supposed to be a video game. Oh, yeah. That one cracked me up. <laughs> <laughs> At first, I was like, is that supposed to be a modem? Is that a computer? <laughs> and then, yeah, it's this handheld. Actually, I think it was Nick that was holding that, if I remember right. Um playing the very 
dated video game, handheld video game. This is before the oh, what's it called? Um, the Nintendo Game Boy. Mm-hmm. This is pre that. This is just a thing with lights that made sounds. Yeah, like those <laughs> tiger games from the uh, from the eighties, little handheld tiger games. Again, before Game Boy, that was the only time you could. The only way to take a game with you was with those little ones. Yes. <laughs> And it, I don't know if it is just the tiny science nerd within me, because I'm honestly not that scientifically gifted, but I'm interested in it. But one very minor thing that bugged me was the sound of the space shuttle when she says it's the space shuttle, as if there was only one. <laughs> like, there was more than one space shuttle. You could have said, it, it's the space shuttle, blah, 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 Voyager, Ooh. Enterprise, whatever. That one, yeah. well, this one also was 1985, like, the Challenger blew no, up. No, not the Challenger. And the, <laughs> don't say the Challenger. <laughs> Anything but that. That's just sad. But it's just a very nitpicky thing. But instead of a space shuttle, it was the space shuttle. I was like, no. <laughs> but the rest, yeah, yeah, it was it was really cute. What were the other games? I'm trying to recall. There was there where they sang uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. And then they did a rock and oh, roll right. version of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. <laughs> With the band, yes. Yep. The kids as the band. That was fantastic. <laughs> they were really rocking out on their instruments. I was getting down. <laughs> Especially, I liked the girl playing the keyboard. Did you notice she kept playing it with her elbow? <laughs> <laughs> she'd like kind of jump up and down while she's playing the keys normally. And then she'd use her elbow <laughs> and some yep. keys. Like lots of energy, lots of energy. Keep filming, lots of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they did a really good job. I mean, I probably would have had like blank board face, especially during the sound game, because they just had to kind of sit there and look interested. Mm-hmm. Like they were actually curious what those sounds were when they probably weren't even hearing them. <laughs> I, I was very impressed with those kids' acting skills. Good job. Yay. And hopefully we'll track down some of the others eventually. So it was the parade that was separate from the band part, right? Yeah, it was the the, the march. The parade. There you go. Thing. And I'm, I'm, I, it makes it like was this like some sort of intermission in the middle, the little parade march? I don't think so. Hmm. I wish that they had included rainbow themed uh, stuff that you could make that would make it more part of the tape. Like for example, instructions for your parents of making like a rainbow bright cupcake or something so that you could have, (laughs) so that the kids could have it in the show and you could have it too. And it would, you know, meld them together a bit more. I think that would have been fun. Yeah. That would be cute. That would have been fun. Definitely. I think the parade, it wasn't so much an intermission as a, okay, we've been sitting for a while. Time to get up (laughs) and do something. Because kids can't stay seated for that long. Uh, and I liked it was, you know, go around your room or the entire house. And I'm thinking the parents are going, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> in the room, kids, stay in the room. <laughs> but, yeah, it goes back to also this kind of thing. I don't remember them doing it for any other character um, other than Rainbow Bright. I don't remember any other birthday specials. Uh, that were like this. I mean, you could rent characters to come to your birthday parties, which is almost kind of like what this was. Um, But this was a way, I I guess, to everybody have their own interaction with them. 
Uh, I have been to birthday parties, children's birthday parties, where they've had costume characters there. And it's kind of uncomfortable. Yeah. And kids are scared of them sometimes. Mm-hmm. I think being on the screen puts that distance between. So even if they're usually scared of people in costumes, they wouldn't necessarily be if it's on TV. Mm-hmm. But they're in person. Yeah, I've I've heard of some kids that just flip out. Like, no matter whether it's got a huge head on it or if it's just the person's head and a costume. Some of them, I don't know what that is. There's some phobia associated with costumes. Yes. Which is sad because I love costumes. <laughs> Maybe not for this year, but next year, since next year will be the 30th anniversary for the birthday special. I should totally make my friends sit down and go through the video with me at my birthday party. <laughs> It would be hysterical. Some of my friends would totally get into it. I see. I can see this now. <laughs> um, in addition to the Rainbow Bright birthday special, the costume characters, you know, as we've mentioned before, were in the zoo special, which the zoo special is kind of fun because that's an actual physical location that we can actually visit. Yes. And I we w- totally need to recreate that someday. <laughs> yes. I need to get so I need to go to the San Diego Zoo and I'm pretty sure it doesn't look anything like it was anymore, but I want to do those pictures where you have the picture of what it was and then what it is and then like yeah. That would be so much fun. Because it was an I actual really place. This may have to happen. Yeah. Just don't make it during the San Diego Comic-Con. Oh, no way. Because the flights would be way too expensive and you would have nowhere to sleep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other time of year, though, yes. Yeah, we need we need to plan that. To, like, yes, we do. Rainbow Bright Vacation. But in addition to that birthday item, we also have the Rainbow Bright Happy Birthday Buddy Blue book. Uh, the book was just... They had just a hardback book and they also had the read-along book, which... The stories are the same, only the read-along has been changed slightly uh, so that it could be read to you. Now, I did not have this particular book as a kid. The book that I had was um, the Meadowbrook Deer, that one. I listened to that one a lot. Uh, See, I didn't have any of the books as a kid. I'm jealous. (laughs) Or any of the tapes or anything other than a few dolls. So sad. The Happy Birthday Buddy Blue, again, was fun because, like the other audio tapes, at least in the United States, they included the original voice cast uh, from the television show. Uh, particularly on Happy Birthday Buddy Blue, you get, of course, Rainbow Bright, which was Bettina Bush, uh, Buddy Blue, which was uh, Patrick Fraley, and uh, Mona Marshall, who did both Patio Green and Red Butler. And, of course, you also heard in the background... Uh, Robbie Lee as the sprites, and uh, I don't think she did any other characters in this one because only a couple of characters really spoke. Uh, but then you had Corey Burton as uh, Murky Dismal. Uh, Corey Burton is a uh, voice actor who actually worked with Peter Cullen on Transformers. Peter Cullen is, the, of course, the original Murky. Uh, but for the albums, which were produced by Disney uh, back in the day, it was Corey Burton doing both the singing and the acting in the audio cassette tapes. And we actually did uh, find out also that the narrator of the Rainbow Bright books uh, is Linda Gary. Okay, so He-Man and She-Ra fans, get ready for your minds to be blown. <laughs> uh, 
Linda Gary, who sadly is no longer with us on this earth. In He-Man was Tila the Sorceress, Evil Lynn, and Queen Marlena, as well as a few other bit parts. And then in She-Ra, she was Shadow Weaver, Madame Raz, and Glimmer. So she was very, very important in both He-Man and She-Ra. Some very important characters that she voiced. And a lot of those voices are completely different from each other. So very, very talented voice actress. And I think we found out she was the narrator. Because there's also some He-Man cassette tapes, like read-along tapes and story Mm -hmm. tapes and so forth. um, That I believe she did some voice work on. Didn't we find that out? Or am I making that up? I don't remember. (laughs) I personally don't know because that's He-Man. And I don't have the He-Man tape. Yeah, yeah. So she may or may not have worked on the He-Man. I think the narrator on a lot of the He-Man stuff was a male. So she may not have done narration, but she may have done other voices on those. I don't know. But anyway, yeah, the fact that she was involved in Rainbow Bright at all made me (laughs) squee a little bit. Because, yeah, I'm a huge fan of hers. Uh, And we did have to do some sampling. This is mostly Renee because she's really good at picking out voices (laughs) and sounds much better than I am. So we, or she, (laughs) went through a bunch of He-Man episodes listening to specifically Tila and the Sorceress and Evelyn, etc. And Queen Marlena to compare it to the narrator from the tapes. Because again, it's not exact between any one of those characters and the narrator because she's so talented. Her voice is always different in everything she does. But it's, it's similar enough that we're like 99% sure that it's her mm-hmm. and she does a really good job. It's a lovely voice to listen to um, for a narrator. Yeah. She has a specific timber in her voice uh, based on certain words that she says too. Cause for example, for queen Marlena, if you listen to the narrator from the rainbow bright tapes and you just lower it, you get queen Marlena. If you make it higher pitched and more hyper, you get Tila. If you, uh, of course, add a little bit more of an accent on it, you get Evil Lynn. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's it's fun picking those little parts out. Uh, we'll see if we can do a, get a sampling up so people can hear that. If you're interested in knowing um, how we came up with the this casting, we're we're doing this actually pretty regularly when picking out voice cast members. We have yet to figure out we're in even Rainbow Bright episodes uh, because they never yes. said. In a lot of these, who played what? It wasn't until the 90s that you got to see who in a voice cast played which character. Um, uh, for Which I think a lot of people found out in like Tiny Toons. Like Tiny Toons had a very detailed uh, cast list. But Rainbow Bright, you just had a list of names. And especially in the later episodes, the ones that were released in 86 and 87, they were just the list of names. And it was the same for each episode, even if the person wasn't in it. Yeah. So at least these days we have IMDb, but sometimes that even fails us because it doesn't have all of the characters like you're saying. Um, You're still trying to figure out Plock and well, you figured out Plock, I think, at this point, but we we would like confirmation. Yeah. (laughs) Plock, I'm I'm pretty much almost sure is not Peter Cullen. And like I said in a previous episode, I now believe that it is Andre Stochka. Uh, anyway, the voice of Starlight, uh, because he played yeah. the king in Cinderella Part 3 for Disney. And the, in a lot of his scenes, he sounds like Plock. So I'm going to have to get a sample that of that awesome. to confirm. The one that I can't figure out, which is going to take some time, is Mrs. Dismal. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a toughie. Because uh, that really could have been 
a woman or a man when you listen to it. It, it very well could be a Mrs. Doubtfire kind of thing going on. The saddest part is, is this the one episode I really don't really care for? And I have to listen to it <laughs> over and over. Yes, me too. <laughs> Merkwell! Oh, gosh. The fates do not like Good me. Good luck with that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that makes me delirious happy for some reason. But anyway... <laughs> Back to Happy Birthday, Buddy Blue. So, yes, there is the cassette tape that I believe you had that up available up on your website, yes, correct? Yes. That you can listen to. Uh, on awesome. the website, there is the Happy Birthday, Buddy Blue. You have an MP3 download that includes just the audio tape, not the song that is attached to it. Uh, that's separate. You can find that on the music page. Um, and a video link to the YouTube channel where you can actually watch it uh, on a video. It just pages through the book along with the story. Awesome. I think we failed to mention um, the author of this book. Her name was Lynn Calder. And it does not look like she wrote any other Rainbow Bright books. So hmm. This was her only one. Um, she probably wrote other books for other properties or whatnot. But not Rainbow Bright. So this was her, her one foray into Rainbow Land. <laughs> but it's a really popular story. Because I collect Rainbow Bright books from... Being, you know, all over the world. And this is one that's been done in practically every language or, you know, the countries that actually had Rainbow Bright merchandise. Almost all of them had a version of Rainbow Bright and yeah, Happy Birthday Buddy Blue. Although we discovered recently one of the languages, I wish I could remember off the top of my head, which one? Dutch. It was Dutch. Okay. If you translate the title if you like put it in Google Translate and translate it literally, it says Buddy Blue and his girlfriends. <laughs> <laughs> he was a player. Yeah, that cracked me up. I, I laughed for a solid 15 minutes. While I, was <laughs> I was figuring that out. But it's a really cute book and it's got great illustrations. I forgot to look to see who illustrated it. Hmm. It doesn't say. I don't. That's well, considering that the artwork is used in the coloring books, too, um, I don't know. Hmm, good point. Maybe this was just kind of stock art. Yeah, it doesn't say. At least I'm looking at the hard cop the hardcover version. Um, I'm looking at my wiki because I have both. Yeah, it just says the author, but not the illustrator on both the soft and the uh, hardback. Okay. On, did we mention there was a record version as well as the cassette tape yeah the cassette uh the the audio book was both on cassette or lp depending on uh what you had available at that time sweet and if you're a picky collector like me if you look in the upper i think it's right hand left hand look, corner uh, there's a tape or a, or a record that's correct so if you have to have them all you gotta get both <laughs> <laughs> sadly a lot of them don't still have the records in the sleeve in the back of the book these days, but a eh, fair number still do still in pretty good condition. So you can still find them out there. <laughs> but yeah, I love the artwork in this book. The story is really cute. Patio green, buddy blue shippers. Love this one. <laughs> it's actually Patty that takes buddy blue on a jog or vice versa to get him away from the color castle while they set up his surprise party. Mm -hmm. So it's some alone time between buddy and Patty. <laughs> But I love how she gets exhausted and plops down, and he's like, I'm just gonna go right <laughs> Just leaves it. 
He's a total athletic nut. <laughs> yeah, he he would be one of those like marathon runners that you just constantly see out on the side of the road running, jogging, never stopping. Because <laughs> he was like doing jumping jacks and stuff to get them warmed up, <laughs> I think. I mean, Patty's like, I'm tired already. He's like, oh no, we haven't even gotten started yet. Just wait. <laughs> but it was cute too how they actually run through the different regions of Rainbow Land. Whereas, yeah, the red region, orange meadows, yellow plains, the green grange, into the blue zone. I've always loved that part of Rainbow Land. It's not illustrated often. There's maybe a couple of books that mention that, and I yeah. know at least one of the coloring books. Yeah, and a couple of the coloring books, because, again, they really used a lot of artwork. But it, it, it goes through every section, but it's sprites and whatever the zone is supposed to be, and you're supposed to color it. Right. Because the blue right. zone is lots of water. Because ah. the blue zone, I think, had a boat. Okay. The way it's illustrated in this book, I mean, it could be a forced perspective kind of thing for the photographers, listeners out there. But it makes it look like they're all relatively small sections of land. Because mm-hmm. um, in this one picture, you know, the rolling hills, you can see the red, orange, yellow, and green zones all right beside each other. And on to the next page, you see the blue. And it looks like there's actually sprite houses in each section as well. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So there's the sprites that live right outside the color castle. But then it looks like if you want to live out in the country, you can live in one of the color zones of Rainbow Land. But I would love to see, you know, I don't think they ever illustrated this, but it'd be cool to see like an aerial view, so to speak, of Rainbow Land and how far out those zones go. And if they make a particular pattern... Maybe it's like a big color wheel around the color cast. Well, it kind of makes sense. Remember and uh, the Rainbow Bright and the uh, beginning of Rainbow Land, it had all the kids running from there, each oh. corner, and they come in like a big pie. You're right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Which zone has the pits in it? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to bet it's either the blue, indigo, or violet. Yeah. It's got to be one of the dark colors. But that's interesting. Yeah, I, f- I feel like one of the color kids got gypped. <laughs> one of their zones has been taken over by some squatters <laughs> <laughs> that are jerks and won't vacate. Um, I mean, another thing I like about this book is when uh, Red Butler's blowing up the balloon and they're like, you really should stop. I don't think you're supposed to blow it up that hard. And of course it bursts in his face. And they're all like, are you okay? He's like, sure, just get me another balloon. <laughs> He's such it's a so boy. red butler. He's such I a boy. know. <laughs> I'm fine. Get me another balloon. Um, <laughs> but what happens next? Let's see. Well, Murky and Lurky uh, are, uh, in the meantime, that she's looking through a patch of clover, trying to find a four-leaf clover for his birthday uh, in the pits. Uh, Murky is trying to brew a potion. Um, of course, to trying to mark out the kids as usual. And yes, so they go into. Well, it's a very colorful potion. Yeah, <laughs> they go into <laughs> the pits and they go to the blue zone where Buddy is jogging. Oh, this does make it look like it connects to the blue zone. Mm-hmm. Da da da. <laughs> Uh, so she, Patty is finding her for the clover and she hears Buddy calling, help, help. Uh, and so 
What does Patty do? She runs to get Rainbow Bright. Actually, he doesn't yell for her. He just doesn't come back. Like, she's just waiting and waiting, and he doesn't come back. She's like, uh-oh. In the audiobook, he yells. Oh! And that's interesting. And you hear him calling, help, help. Okay. Obviously, I need to listen to this again. <laughs> but you're right, yeah. Instead of taking care of it herself, <laughs> uh-huh. she to get Rainbow, because we're helpless without Rainbow. Mm-hmm. Buddy Blue's in trouble. Murky Dismal is chasing him with a grub buggy. Oh, great. <laughs> So yeah, hop on Starlight, chase down the grunge buggy, uh, but you, they, she pulls Buddy Blue onto Starlight, and... and... Then they throw sprinkles all over the grunge buggy, of course. Yeah, which of course, <laughs> Murky ain't having that, so he runs back to the pits. Um, yep. And they go back to his party at the Colored Castle, all safe and sound, and they give a nice little star cake, which I think the star cake is cute. And It really is. But uh, Patio Green gives him his special four-leaf clover. Aww, how sweet is that? Was that was <laughs> Now I wonder what the other kids gave him. Yeah. Rainbow gave him rainbow, but... And I like that there were... Apparently, star sprinkles she saved for special occasions. I'm just trying to figure out how different they could be from regular star sprinkles. They make a rainbow just like the rest of the star sprinkles do. I don't know. Maybe there's extra glitter involved. Uh, maybe it plays music. <laughs> or, you know, it has that... that you ever see that, um, that iridescent shimmer that some rocks have over others? Maybe it has that on there. Yeah. Oh, I bet that's it. Extra special. And okay, here's, here's another quandary there are seven candles on this cake Um, is it just because there are seven colors and they want them all to be represented or is he actually seven years old or is it the other theory that he is now 700 hmm i don't know we may never know at first looking at it you'd want to think oh he's seven years old because usually put a a candle for every year but I don't, I, again, it goes back to the fact that I stand behind the belief that Rainbow Land is timeless so they don't age. That's my yeah. theory. But apparently they still have birthdays. Yes. Well, everybody still has anniversaries. <laughs> yeah. People, hmm. I, I mean, you look at Google.com and they have, it's so-and-so's 200th birthday, but. <laughs> yeah, they're obviously long gone. Yeah. Um. But yeah, since we don't know the origin of the color kids, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to say if they actually know the time of year they were born. Yeah. Um, and this makes it look like it's springtime or summer that Buddy Blue's birthday is in. But yeah, and apparently we don't know. his birthday isn't the same as all the other kids. So right. Yeah. But then again, Rainbow apparently wasn't the first Rainbow. If you think about it. Yeah. The previous wearer of the color belt. Who was that? Yeah. Now we're just getting into mythology. How was she? Yeah. I know. <laughs> Although I love that part. We're going to dig ourselves into some big trouble if we keep going like that. <laughs> we're going to start getting hate mail. Something for our listeners to think about. <laughs> hey, maybe somebody will have a, an opinion that we haven't thought of yet. A good explanation. We would love to hear it. Please send it our way. I have this. When when I kept thinking of how did Tickle Pink and Moon Glow come to Rainbow Land, I kept imagining the, the sprites digging in the color cave and coming across a different color, and all of a sudden there's a kid. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. 
So they materialize or actually have to get chipped out of the rock. <laughs> yeah. That was a little bit disturbing. I see a face in this rock. <laughs> well, you think about how they found Baby Bright. That's how they found yeah. Baby Bright. And then you think about in the beginning of Rainbow Land when Red Butler's sitting there in that stone cage. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Yeah. Well, those are the two main Rainbow Bright influenced stories and specials as of the 1980s. There are more out there, and we will go over those at another time. Uh, This, however, was just our year. We've been podcasting for one year, and it being our Brightcast birthday, wanted to share a few of those things with you. Yes. Oh, we also should mention... Um, there was some other birthday-related merchandise, such as party invitations, greeting cards, plates, cups, napkins, tablecloths, or table covers. They weren't really cloth. They were paper. But you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, can you think of anything else? I think there were some balloons, mm-hmm. like helium balloons. Streamers. Um, oh, and the cake pan. Mm-hmm. Which I had one of those. Yes, me too. They're awesome. Oh, and just for the people who are wanting to know, because of the nostalgia kick of the Wilton cake pan, which was done by Wilton in 1985, which was the Rainbow Bright design cake pan, Wilton does have a copy of the instructions in PDF format on their website. No way. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yay, Wilton. That makes me really happy. Yeah, they're still going strong, aren't they? There's still kind of the name. In- yeah, Wilton, yeah, Wilton is the name in cake and candy. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Well, that's, well, that's interesting to know that the cake pan came out the same year as the birthday special. Even though they didn't necessarily go together. Mm-mm. They didn't have the cakes in the special. Um, and those things are hard to decorate. I'm just saying. <laughs> the cake pan, which I... one feature about the cake pan which i think is interesting in the instructions they show you how to not just make the birthday cake but how to do uh like a holiday cake make it a christmas cake by decorating it in christmas colors and i've seen online someone who turned rainbow into shy violet (gasps) that's brilliant she they repainted her so that instead of it being rainbow bright it was shy violet it was so cute. Oh my gosh. I hope you can find that again for mm-hmm. the video. Yeah. That sounds adorable. Okay, people, get those cake pictures into us. Yes. I want to see what else you've done. Because <laughs> really the possibilities are endless. Mm-hmm. I just remember the one time I did bake a cake in the pan. This was back in the 2000s. Once you put the first layer of icing on, you can't see the detail anymore. <laughs> so you have to, you really do have to use the instructions or kind of try to play it by memory as to where the lines are for certain things because you can't see them anymore once they get covered up. But there are some very talented decorators out there that have done some good stuff. One thing I've also been seeing it for is people were using it uh, like I've seen it with instead of being cake being jello. And oh. yeah, where they, they did all the colors and everything. So when they filled it in, they did it in jello colors, waited for that to harden, they did another color. What? Did another color. Why and- have I not seen this? <laughs> Are you kidding me? No, I'm I want to see this so bad. Okay, let me I want to do this so bad. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> see, I love the creativity of Rainbow Bright fans. Anything that could possibly cross your minds, pretty much somebody else has done it. 
or will do it. And if it hasn't been done, you should do it yourself. <laughs> That's Jello. It looks like Jello what? to me. It could be candy, but I'm thinking that's Jello. Oh my word! That is impressive. Because if you look at the side, it has the layers all the way down. Yeah. So that to me, that's Jello. Wow. Yeah, they must have had some milk or something to it to give it that more opaque. Either uh, that, look. or it's candy. In which case, it's probably melted chocolate. Either way, you could do that with Jello. Um, yeah. And all you do is you fill in the colors, let them harden, and keep going. And then you have your cake. I'm just, I guess I didn't realize that the lines in the cake pan were that distinct. Mm -hmm. That you could fill each one, each little section with a different color and it wouldn't run. That is much more impressive than I was expecting. (laughs) Wow. Just wow. Mm -hmm. Good job, Auntie Yokana, however you say your name. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. I think they probably need to use more color, though, because, again, this is just a basic blue, red, and yellow. Need more color. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit more on hurt, but still. Great job. Anyway, uh, well, thank you for tuning in to Brightcast. Until our next episode, um, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to be covering next episode. We'll figure it out. <laughs> but we will keep you guys informed. Again, if there's something that you want to know about, let us know post it on our facebook page and also hopefully by next episode we're going to have a new website for you guys Woohoo! yay all right so until then uh everyone have i hope you had fun and if it's your birthday happy birthday to you and have a rainbow day thank you for inviting us to your birthday party we had a lot of fun and we hope you did too didn't we have fun gang We'll be back. Don't go away.